Welcome to 49ers After Dark. I'm Grant Cohn. That's Jesse Naylor. This is the first episode of 49ers After Dark where both of us are in locations where it's dark. So this is a momentous occasion. Very exciting. We've been doing this for a couple of years. Jesse, how are you? I am doing fantastic. And you're right. The name finally fits the actual scenery for both of us. It absolutely (laughs) does. I'm here uh, holding it down in West Virginia, which is actually quite charming. It's quite darling, as my mom would have said. Uh, So I I like it so far. Thank you for the people for being so nice. Um, We're going to talk NFC power rankings. George Kittle, is he washed? Is he not washed? Trade targets, injury stuff, and the over-under game. So let's start um, big picture. Where do the 49ers stand right now in the NFC, in your opinion? Okay, so this is power rankings, which is very different than probably where they finish and where Mm. I think they stand by year's end. But looking at it right now, you have to look at quality of victory, who they've played, who they've lost to, overall record. And and right now, to me, I have the 49ers fourth. I have the Eagles first at five. I have them fourth. I have them at fourth, too. Okay, let's see if we have the same order. Let's see if we have the same order. So the Eagles are five and up. That's a no-brainer. They're number one. Best wins against the Vikings. You agree, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have a they have like a top ten offense and a top ten defense. How many teams can say that? Yeah, not not many, yep. not many at all. Yep. So I have their NFC foe, which is interesting. NFC East foe, who is playing them this Sunday night, the Cowboys number two. And the reason I put them number two is because their defense is extremely good, just like the Niners' defense is. Yeah, it is. They are also one of the few teams who is getting a high caliber player back that will help them Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott and Gallup missed a few games and they were still able to weather that storm and they are four and one. Their best win is against the Bengals Vikings. Mm -hmm. I have number three at four and one. They lead their division. Their best win is versus the Packers. They got hammered by the Eagles, but the Eagles are beating everybody. So no shame in that. And then just ahead of the Bucks, Giants, and Packers, I have the 49ers at three and two. Their best win currently is the Rams, which I don't know if that's that great of a win, but they are a team that's ascending. And much like the Cowboys, they are getting horses back very, very soon that will help this team going forward. What are your that's thoughts? That's fun. Well, I, I, I like I like what you have very much. I agree with the Eagles, number one. I don't have the Cowboys in my top four. And you made a really oh. good case for them. Great defense, and they're getting Dak back. That's true, but I'm just talking about where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And right now, I mean, their offense is scoring like less than the Niners' offense. I think the Niners are scoring 19 points per game on offense, and, the, and Dallas is scoring 17. So I, I have a tough time putting them ahead of the Niners, but I think you, I, I understand why you did. I put Vikings two um, because they've only lost to who they lose to the Eagles. So I mean, they don't. I don't know if they have a great win yet, but they've only lost to the best team in the conference. We, we, whereas the Niners lost to Chicago and Denver. And then I got to put the Bucks at number three because they lost to Green Bay and Kansas City, where, again, the Niners are 3-2 and two and they lost to Chicago and Denver. So, I mean, they could beat any of these teams in the NFC, but if we're just trying to do power rankings, I think I would put the Bucks and Vikings ahead of them. I think I would put the Bucks ahead of them. And you made a good case for, for Dallas. Yeah, and I, I think the 49ers could be as low as six because the six, Giants yeah. are 4-1 and one as well. I. I yeah, I they are the Giants. And going into the season, nobody's impressed by the Giants. But you're four and one, and you just beat the Packers head to head. That's a very quality win, albeit yeah. it was in London or what have you. Those games can always be weird. But four and one, their only loss was to the Cowboys, who I have number two. 
and that was a very close game. So I don't know that you can make a case for the Giants as well. Well, I mean, if we're being honest here, the Niners don't have a quality win yet. Not their fault. Not their fault. It's not they haven't had a quality opponent yet, and they have two bad losses when they beat themselves. So again, yeah. if you put them sixth or seventh in the power rankings in the NFC, that could be fair. But at the same time, they could beat any team in the NFC. They might just go to the Super Bowl and win it. So it's a fun exercise, but don't act like we're being too negative because the Niners could definitely beat the Vikings. In fact, if they face each other, I'd have a tough time picking the Vikings. Just because yeah, I've seen I would, I would, I would, you know I would have a tough time. If all teams are healthy, I have a tough time picking any of these teams over the 49ers. I really do. Yes. Okay. Um, let's talk about George Kittle. We brought this up last week and we were saying the question was why isn't George Kittle getting the ball and I you know I essentially said I think he's washed not like a hundred percent I think he's still a good blocker he has good hands he makes contested catches but I think the the the, the Kittle we remember the Kittle who was dragging people on his back and and getting seven eight nine yards after the catch I think that Kittle's gone it's possible it's just because he's coming back from a groin injury he's not quite himself yet but I feel like this was happening last year too. So what do you think? Is that George Kittle coming back? Yeah, and the reason I wanted this as a topic again is because we did talk about it last week, and I said I would do homework and I would get back to you. Well, mm -hmm. I've done the homework and I'm getting back to you, and I figured what better way to do it than to do it on the same platform we originally talked about it on. So to me, I watched both. This was, again, before this week's game, but... Prior to that, I had watched every snap of just George Kittle for two games, the only two games he had played. And I think that George Kittle looks just as good as he ever has. Athletically, I think every single thing that you're looking for, can he run a crisp route? Is he quick in and out of his breaks? Is he getting open in man coverage? There was a play against Denver where he was heads up with Patrick Sertan. He got wide open. So to me, that tells me he still has the explosiveness. The game plan is not tailored towards him whatsoever. Now, it was last week early. Unfortunately, he fumbled. But he can still do a lot of those same things if given the opportunity. Right now, to me, Shanahan is using him as a decoy. That's the way that I see it after watching him snap in and snap out. It's funny how two people can look at the same film and see different things. Because what I see is a guy who does not have that zero to six zero to 60 quick twitch stop start burst that made him special um they tried to get him the ball in space uh and he couldn't i mean he has zero broken tackles this year he's averaging 3.3 yards after the catch per reception in 2018 it was 10 in 2019 it was seven last two years it was six i just don't see him uh being the explosive athlete especially after the catch that he was in his prime and again, maybe it's because he's coming off a groin injury, but they tried everything they could in this last game. And he, I mean, in the past, he'd be breaking tackles. In in this game, he fumbled. I mean, he got swarmed. He couldn't separate from those people in the open field. And I think that's why Kyle, I mean, after that, Kyle called um, two plays for him, and he had one catch and a false start. I think we're seeing why Kyle Shanahan isn't featuring him anymore. And I think Kyle Shanahan is right not to, because I think they have better options in their top three wide receivers. I think that they have better options. I think Debo is arguably the best option in the league if you get the ball in his hands. I think that's fair. Ayuk, I think that's still debatable. I, I think Ayuk is fantastic. We talked Ayuk up a lot last week. But for me, what I'm seeing with Kittle, the reason he's not able to do the things he was doing, everything is short and 
right over the middle. So every time he catches it, there's two guys right there ready to make a play. It's one thing to catch it in the open field and break a tackle and then get loose. It's another to catch it in the middle of the field with two guys bearing down on you and make those guys both miss. That's hard without having any time to get acceleration after making a short catch. So I don't know. We'll have to keep an eye on it. I personally think George Kittle is not washed. Maybe. I feel you. Maybe I'll I could agree. be wrong. He could take, maybe, he's taking a step Maybe he's back, just coming off an injury. But but to your last point, where he's getting the ball. So his yards before catch per reception this yep. year, 5.7. In 2018, 5.8. 2019, 5.3. I mean, this is sort of how they've used him. And a lot of times what they would do in the past was the first play of the game, the play-action rollout where you have Kittle running the underneath route behind the line of scrimmage, behind the offensive line. You get in the ball in space. You can't guard him like that. And then it's like one-on-one, and he's you know he's going to break the first tackle. He didn't. He doesn't anymore. Maybe he will next week. But in the last, I want to say, eight, nine games, he hasn't been that guy, and it's troubling because he's had so many lower leg injuries. He's 29 years old. Age and injuries take a toll, and I just feel like at 25, that guy was the most uh, explosive tight end I think I'd ever seen just in terms of quickness. You could throw screens to him. You could run jet suites with him. What tight end has ever been able to do that? What was the last time you saw the Niners throw a screen to George Kittle or run a jet suite? Why would you do that? I mean, Ayuk's a better option. Depot's a better option. Jennings is a better option at that. Now, if you want to throw, uh, get a contested catch on third down or in the red zone, hell yeah, go to Kittle. I just think he's a different Kittle now. Ain't no shame in changing when you're older. <laughs> but again, I could be wrong. We, me and Jesse see it totally differently, and I think yeah. that's interesting to note that we're looking at the same the same uh, film and seeing different things. So I'd be curious to see you guys. You, I'd like to know what you guys see when you watch George Kittle because Jesse and I are seeing different things. All yeah, right. and I think the difference is, too, is you can go look at numbers, and the numbers will tell you what you're saying. I think the key is, and I know you've done this as well, but I think the key exercise is getting all 22 and just watching him snap in and snap out. To me, he's getting open against some elite coverage still. So I don't know. It's tough. Maybe you're right. Maybe maybe I'm looking at it as before the catch, he's doing all the same things. But maybe after the catch, he has lost something. That's something I could look for maybe a little bit more. But I just think I mean, it's fair. It's, it's fair if I'm saying happen. he's not getting open for you to go watch the film and be like, boom, boom, boom. Like, I, I, that's legit. Yeah. Um, I do think it's also fair to say, like, when was the last big run after the catch you remember from George Kittle? Yeah, no, it's been a while. So but I don't know. And that was his thing. It used featured. to be weekly. It used to be weekly with George, like it is with Debo. Yeah. But, you know, I've just, that's life. I mean, he's, we all think of George as a 25 year old uh, Megatron that he used to be. But now, I mean, how many injuries has he had since then? How old is he now? I can tell you how old he is. Anyway, they're, George. They're, the thing, too, though, that you have to look at is they are force feeding Debo. Yeah, the last two yep. years, Debo's essentially averaged just under 12 touches a game. Or, excuse me, 12 targets slash touches, whether it's running game or targets in the past game. Ayuk and Kittle are in the five area. That's just not a lot. It's like they're fighting for table scraps, and it's the Debo show. I know, it's too bad, because I think Ayuk should be getting more targets. He's really good, and I think he deserves more targets. And I, I don't know that it's a Kyle thing. I think it might be a Jimmy thing. I mean... Kyle will call a, the whip route for Brandon Ayuk in front of the end zone. He'll be the number one read, and Jimmy's like, oh, you're wide open? Let me throw to Kittle double covered. What are you, you going to do? And I don't get it because uh, San, excuse me, Jimmy always loved throwing to Emmanuel Sanders. They play the same position, Sanders and Ayuk. They wear the same number. They run the same routes, but Jimmy doesn't trust Ayuk. What is that? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. I agree. 
Sean says maybe GQ ta- breaking tackles is hard on his body and he's playing accordingly. Also, Kyle's style of offense seems to expose his player's injury. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Maybe Kittle's thinking like, man, I've had some injuries. I'm a little bit older. That play style isn't sustainable. Let me do something different. And I, I mean, he made a great catch down the field. There are other parts to his game that could be untapped. But that part of his game, I mean, maybe it's fair to say it was never sustainable and he knows it. Maybe he's trying to be different. I mean, his body type is different than it was three years ago. Is that fair to say? Yeah. He's definitely. leaner. Yeah. So maybe he's, maybe if you asked him about it, is, I don't know. We'll see. Me and George are so, so, such close, such close buds that, I, you know, I'll just ask him. Scott Short says, I think it's time to trade Kittle. You think it was, it was time in the off, while his value is high. How high is it right now? No tight end is worth that money to block and be a decoy if he's past his prime. That's what I was saying in the offseason, and people just sh- shouted me down. And I'm still upset about it. I cry at night, night after night. I'll, I'll give you a trade that they could make just to get the money off the books. It's not as it's not as good as what it would have been last year, but it's something they realistically could do, but I, I don't think they will. But imagine the 49ers want to get out from under the contract for most for the most part, take the quick hit up front, trade Kittle for Gasecki in a late round pick. Gasecki comes off the books at the end of this year. They can re-sign him for much cheaper or just go a different direction, take the late round pick and get the money off the books. I don't know. That's an option, but I don't see them doing that. I don't see it either. All right, Dave Barclay says, what's up, guys? Just joined. Like I asked last week, if you give Jimmy 20 passes or even 30, who would be your desired targets? Let me see if I can work this out. Let me see what the target share is. We want to do 20 or 30? Um, Let's do 30 because that's kind of what they're doing right now. Targets. Okay, so right now it's like Debo's getting about nine targets a game. Ike's getting about five targets a game. Jennings getting about three targets a game. And Kittle's getting about, what, five targets a game? Five, yeah. Yeah. So it should be, in my opinion, Ike should get the most. Ike should get like seven, eight targets a game. Debo should get like one less because he gets carries too. Yeah. And then uh, Kittle and Jennings should be about the same. About like four or five. That's what I would do. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I use check eight, right after that. Yeah. Ayuk eight, Debo eight. That's 16. Let's go yeah. seven for Kittle. That puts him at what? 24, 23. Mm. And then you've got like three for Jennings and use check and some of those other guys. Maybe one of the running back. I don't know. Let me give you some stats real quick. I hate to be a jerk, but since we're talking about yards after the catch per, per completion, <laughs> let me get let me get those for the team real quick. Um, because and again, Kittle might boost his numbers when he's coming off this injury, but yards after the catch per reception, use check fifteen, Dwelly eleven. Okay, those are small sample sizes. Debo ten, still a stud. Mm-hmm. Jennings six point eight, Coleman six point seven, Ayuk six point six, Jeff Wilson six point three. Kittle 3.3. So he needs to get in the game. But right now, the Yak Bros are like a they're like the Brady Bunch. There's like nine of them. Yeah. Right now. That's yeah, cool. No, it's true. It is. That's true. pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Uh let's talk. Oh, Dave says, agree on Ayuk first, and then for God's sake, use Mason. Yeah, I mean, they they, they have a role vacant for a short yardage back, and Kyle can't figure it out. He'll figure it out though. He will. Mitchell's gonna be back after the bye week. We're never gonna see Mason unless we have another injury. So true. All right. Trade deadline is approaching soonish. Some teams are starting to tank. 
Give me, give me, let's, let's name some players that the Niners could or should target at the deadline. If they're going all in. Yeah, it, if they're going all in, which I think they should. It's wide open. You still have a chance. And well, let's see it. Let, let's see him beat Atlanta first. But yes, that's true. Right. Right. For sure. You know what I'm saying? If they lose to Atlanta, that's a whole different story. But yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. agree with you. I agree with you. But okay. So big name player that I have top of, of mind is a position of need right now because Kinlaw and Armstead, who knows what's going on with those guys. Yes, they have some good players. They went and just signed another player who was kind of a preseason darling, but he's 29 years old, came off, came from Minnesota. To me, a guy that will probably be available or potentially could be available and is a big-time player as a defensive tackle is Deron Payne from Washington. Mm, yeah, 25 years old, six foot three, 320 pounds. He has an interception and a safety in his career. He has 12 passes deflected, a forced fumble, 17 sacks, 42 QB hits, 26 tackles for loss, and most importantly, Grant, he's only missed one game in his now fifth season. So Love it. Love it. Payne and would be an absolute stud. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And he's a and he helps you in the future. He solves that problem in the future because he's an absolute baller. So yes, Deron Payne, who I think may be made available potentially, that would be a guy I would try. And if he were on the tank the team, then they could be like, The pain train is coming. The pain train. Woo woo! You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Remember the office line is what it is? Yeah, yeah Terry Tate. <laughs> Get ready for the pain, baby. <laughs> All right. Terry Tate. All right. I've got Two more, and these ones aren't as sexy, but guys that certainly could help out when it comes to depth, and guys that I think are going to be available oh, that's, or will that's too be bad because I got sexy names, so you better. Bring oh, some you got some sexy names. Okay, all right. Well, I got some sexy. Names. I'm going realistic names, Grant. You can go sexy. I'll go realistic. Okay, another guy who can help on the defensive line as well. Interestingly enough, this team seems to not know how to get the best out of their talent, and the 49ers already took one of their guys was on their way to taking a second one of their guys and turning them into pretty good players before he got injured. That is the Raiders. Clellan Farrell is available. Yeah. 25 years old, six foot four, 265 pound edge rusher. Not the best. He hasn't looked the best, but his rookie year, the year that he actually played a majority of the snaps, he had five passes uh, deflected, four and a half sacks, eight tackles for loss and eight QB hits. There is potential there and you would get him on the cheap. He'll be available, and a guy that Chris Kasarik probably could turn into a stud low-key for a season and let him get paid. Okay. And then the last one is offensive side of the ball. Not going to be flashy. Not going to be a wide receiver. Not sexy. And crazy. Not sexy. Isaiah Wynn. We're talking to – oh, okay, okay. Isaiah Wynn. He's a guy that I talked about preseason also going to get. He can play both tackle spots. He's a much better left tackle than he is a right tackle, but he can play both. I just don't know how much you can trust McGlinchey to stay healthy. And we've already seen what happens to Trent Williams, who is the best left tackle in the game, but he misses games every year. And what if you get to the end of the season and you need somebody to plug and play? Plus, this man can be your future right tackle if McGlinchey does leave, which I think he probably will. I think Isaiah Wynn would be a good get as well. Those are some very realistic options. Um, I like your little... Uh, choice there sexy or realistic my whole life i've never felt like i had to choose between those two <laughs> all right let me go, let's go sexy let's go extra sexy after dark to me look look you you named good players at positions in need but the way i look at it is 
I mean, the Niners can get D tackles off the street. Like, I'm not worried about them. You know, Akeem Spence, all their guys are hella good. Um, where there's where they have a we have a big problem is cornerback. Mosley's not coming back, and I think everyone's kind of hoping that Jason Verrett's gonna be captain save a corner. That's a lot to ask Jason Verrett at 31 with no off season. Like, I don't know about that. And if it's not Jason Verrett, then who's it gonna be? You really think they're going to put Sam Womack out there at five foot nine so he could go against Drake London this weekend? I don't know about that. I don't. Ne- I don't know that they necessarily have an answer there. So this, I mean, they could try and they could give some guys some some auditions. But if it doesn't go well in the next few weeks, they lose a game or something because of this number two cornerback spot. They might have to trade for a corner. So I mean, J.C. Horn is a guy with a name who's hella good. I don't know if he's available, but he's hella good. Stephon Gilmore, I don't know. I mean, you tell me what corners are available. Whichever corner is good and available, the Niners might have to make an offer they don't want to make because that's a big problem. That's a big problem at corner. Huge. I think realistically, Orange. you're looking at like Sidney Jones. Don't <laughs> talk to me about realistic. <laughs> <laughs> you want JC Horn? I can get you to Sidney Jones. Ugh, that's. Uh, I'm going to need about seven more beers before I can talk about Sidney Jones. I know man. you want wow. the Cadillac Grant, but your credit score says Hyundai. <sighs> Okay, so that's what we're going to go with is we're looking at these cars on the car lot, okay? Ooh, that's true. J.C. Horns was my draft crush going into last year, so if they could somehow swing J.C. Horn, I swear, or two I mean, years ago. Kyle I never know. tested him. It was like, oh, he's on Brandon Ayuk going somewhere. Oh, he's on Debo going somewhere else. Thank you very much. <laughs> I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, That's the truth. I, I, I don't – look, I, I wish I was more prepared. I don't know which – I mean, it could change, right? Who wins, who loses, which teams are buying and which teams are selling – but honestly, the Niners have to be looking at this cornerback spot. And I don't know if they'll go out and get a big name, but they might have to get someone a little bit more solid and realistic than De- like Sam Womack. Their options right now are basically they're hoping Ambry Thomas steps it up. When all they've said all, all offseason is, man, this guy had a real – everyone is better than him. Is, uh, what, someone asked Kyle today, what's up with Ambry Thomas? Like, how come he doesn't – he really finished the season strong? What happened? And he's like, yeah, the other guys passed him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Like basically he it sounded like he had a few good games and he thought that he did something. You know, players do that something and he just had like the worst offseason of all time, which he did. I mean, I have never seen a cornerback struggle like that in a in an NFL training camp. But that's just practice. Like I thought Jawan Jennings struggled in training camp. He's a gamer. Yeah. Maybe maybe Ambry's a gamer too. He was a gamer last year. He was. Well, it's easier to be a gamer, too, when you've got a lot of really good pieces around you. Last year, he played, and he didn't have the greatest pieces around him. He was still able to make it work. So maybe maybe he can figure it out. I think maybe they move Lenore outside and Womack goes back inside. I I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But what happened with Ferret today? I saw you posted a video. I didn't get to watch it. What He tested it and what? I mean, he's just moving around. I mean, it's kind of like a a Rorschach test. What do you see? He doesn't. I never see him going full out. But he it's warm like up. He was kind of checking the knee low key last week when he was doing it. It was like, oh yeah. man, is he that's what I'm saying, man. I, I think it's knee. a fantasy. I think it's a fantasy that to expect him to come in and just save the season. I mean, I don't think they ever wanted him to be in that position. So let's There's see. There's only one I, man for this job, and his name is Dante Johnson. That's what I was just about to say, man. You know he's going to start this week. You know he's going to start this week, and he may do the, uh, just a fine job because they need size against yeah. Drake London. They do. Dave Barclay says, oh, yeah, I asked this once before. Any way to determine Jimmy stats before guys get yak? I'm so curious. There, is, there are ways to do it. There are. Yeah, it's a, it's a pro football reference. He'll get it yeah, played. and actually his game, he had the two big yak plays from Juwan in the second half, which was the offense. But in the first half, he was throwing the ball down the field. 
For the first time in since he went to was it Eastern Illinois? His air yards per attempt are basically the same as what they were last year. Mm-hmm. It's like seven point five last year and seven point six this year. Mikey Niner says pass block O line is probably a need heading into the uh, playoffs. Yeah, the and the, the offensive line just hasn't been great in general, but they haven't had Trent Williams either. It's true. Um, Big difference. Keep, keep up the great creative content, you guys. Thank you very much. Um, Jesse will. I, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> San Fran Niner fan says dark horse trade Gardner Minshew. You might need a quarterback because Jimmy Jimmy does get injured. It's true. All right, I got a question. This was new. So the way it goes is uh, play a game, and afterward they say the injuries. And then the next day there's more injuries. And And then Wednesday sometimes there's even more. And today the new additions were Samson Ebucom and Aaron Banks. Kyle just casually said Samson Ebucom, Achilles. Aaron Banks, knee. We're like. What? Like you can't just say that with no explanation. Those are really serious potential areas. So Kyle said, "Yeah, in both cases, just 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 tendonitis was was his word, and it's soreness from playing on the turf last week." And he said it so casually. I'm like, "Oh, well, they're playing this week." And then I was thinking, "Don't they play on turf this week too?" So what do you think? Should should Samson Ebicom and Aaron Banks? play on turf for the second week in a row when last time they played, it caused soreness that they're feeling today. I just don't know how many pieces you can pull away from this defense and expect them to work, Grant. Right now, if you look at this, if you look at what the depth chart should have been going into week one, assuming everybody's healthy, they're down six starters on defense. That would be the seventh. That would be seven out of your 11 starters gone on defense. I know it's a good defense, but at some point, You've taken too much away from it for it to be a good defense. I don't know if they can afford to. I would prefer to sit both of them. You've got Brunskill, who's healthy. He can step in for Aaron Banks. Ebicom, ideally, I would normally say yes, but you're already missing three-fourths of that defensive line. I don't know if they can afford to not. Grant, this Yeah, but Jesse, me. think about it this way. Let me be the devil's advocate on this one. Samson Ebicom says, my Achilles hurts. Mm. And you say, look, I mean, we're already down Bosa, Armstead, Javon Kinlaw. We need you to gut it out week six and play through this Achilles pain on turf. I mean, he would, and probably nothing bad will happen. But what if he makes it worse? Now you feel bad. It's like, But at the same time, if he doesn't play, now you're down four starting defensive linemen. Are you going to lose to Atlanta? Because if you lose to Atlanta, who's to say you're going to beat Kansas City next week? I mean, things could get bad. It's a very interesting spot in the season. Uh, it's not a must-win game, but if you take away Samson Ebucon and Aaron Banks, this gets really, really interesting. All of this could still, be a close game. Do they still they still have Kamoko Ture on the practice yes. squad, right? That, okay. See, to me, all You're the 49ers Ture, defensive linemen are all the 49ers defensive linemen are good. So yeah. I, I think they should sit Samson Ebucon. He's a vet. They got to be careful. Achilles yeah. is serious. Banks, yeah. Banks is different. I mean, if he's it's his knee. Um, he's bigger. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the tendonitis will last longer because he's bigger. Um, without him, it's Blake Hans is the next man up. I don't, I've never seen Blake Hans play football. And then it could be Jason Poe from the practice squad. So that's one. I don't know if they can afford to be without Aaron Banks. But if it's if it's his knee, you really willing to risk it all to beat Atlanta? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: your Achilles has one thing, and it's a tendon. So if you have tendonitis, it's your Achilles tendon. 
that is swelling. What, is that thing going to snap? What's going to happen no. with that? Could if your knee has tendonitis, that's a little bit different. It's not like it could be any number of things. ECL yeah. or what do you? So yeah. that one is probably more realistic that you can make it in and out and be okay. But you have one thing down there in your Achilles. Yeah. It is the actual tendon. If it has tendonitis, I don't want him to play. Especially if you have Kamoka Ture. So yeah, I guess as I talk through it, I I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't play either one, but at some point it's too much. I know the Falcons I are know. the Falcons, but dude, I know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I know. I know. I, I it's it's the Niners could lose this game because not only will they potentially not have Ebucom and Bosa and Armstead and Kinlaw and Ward and Mosley. Robbie Cole. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if it's a close game because you're missing eight starters and it comes down to field goals and all of a sudden, whoever you picked up off the street this week is like the most important player on your team or it's Robbie Gold. Not quite 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's this is a strange week. I think we're, all of us were thinking, man, they're going to smash Atlanta. And they might. But this is not the Niners A team right now. This is the Niners B team. And they, like, they don't have a kicker. They don't have a starting defensive lineman. Whoa. 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 I don't know. That's all I have to say. It's my analysis of this. This is this is definitely the 49ers JV team, no doubt about it. And that's that changes things. It really does change things. This is not your typical 49ers team. Their starting D line could be uh Amenahu, Givens, Ridgeway, and and Drake Jackson or Hyder. Still really good though. It's still with, ja- really with, ja- good. with Jackson and Teray coming still off the bench. So good. What I'm concerned about is the offensive line. I mean, Banks has actually held his own this year. Now you're taking him away potentially, and Trent Williams, and you got you got Jalen Moore, Blake Hans, Daniel. No, no, Jake Brendel, Daniel Brunskill, and Mike McGlinchey. Another five man unit that's never played together. So against all of a sudden, you don't have Aaron Banks, and now you're going against Grady Jarrett. Man, this is getting dicey. What Bad matchups. What if you just start Burford and, and move Brunskill? Oh, yeah, there's Burford. Yeah. Or you could move Brunskill to left. I don't know if you want to move Bur- – yeah, that's a good point. I forgot no, I would, I would keep Burford at right and move Brunskill to left. I would start him. We just figured it out. Kyle, you owe us a nickel. <laughs> Actually, yo, him a nickel. I'm not taking it. Dustin says, who would you rather? who would you guys rather have on the edge to make a deep playoff run, Bosa or Adam Sandler from the water boy? He was a middle linebacker. Those yeah. were A-gap blitzes. Those were really good. He was. Um, remember when the Niners drafted Ruben Soft? Remember when the Niners drafted Ruben Foster and called him the Water Boy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do remember that actually. That was funny. Um, Dave Barclay says Kyle seems very willing to get people hurt. I'm at I'm at a loss. It's like these are your guys, and now what? Go get more. Take care of your guys and be good. Yeah, there's too much of a uh, that's football attitude on this team. Like this is what they signed up for. You can't prevent it. It's all, what happened. Oh, it was unfortunate. It was a very unfortunate injury. There's nothing I could do. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you're gonna continue. He keeps calling it unfortunate, and you could say each injury is. But when the Niners are the most or one of the most injured teams year after year after year after year, there is gotta be a reason. It, you can't be unlucky consistently that long. That's not luck anymore. Yeah, at some now. point, at some point, it's not luck. It's something that you're doing, but. We've talked about this. We talked about this leading up to last season, and we couldn't pinpoint what the issue is. So God Neither knows what they. it is now. God I have knows. no idea. Yeah. All right. Last topic of the day, over under. Let's do it. Just so you know, I'm up two weeks to one. We've only been able to do it three weeks because usually super chats take over or whatever. I noticed that people tune in more when the 49ers are losing. It's like it's therapy. True. 
this therapy session. It's a therapy session. Yeah. Now Niner fans are like, eh, let's let's <laughs> eh, a little bit boring. We'd be and Carolina. The Falcons. But, we should win yeah. this one. We're good. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Over or under offense, Jimmy Garoppolo, 220.5 yards passing. Um over. This defense sucks. And they're gonna sell it to stop the run. So over. Yeah, they are a pretty good run defense, actually. Yeah. They're going to use that screen game much like they they would the run game. A lot like they have been, really. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think he's going to go over 220.5. Question is, is do they get over 130.5 rushing yards, though? No, I think they go under. Grady Jarrett. I know. Larry Banks. I know. <laughs> no, I know. Spencer okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to yeah. go under as well, but oh, yeah. that's one of those ones. Okay, here's yeah. one. This one might be a decider for us. Juice, one and a half touches. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna say over. I feel like Kyle's in a good rhythm with that. He's got it. I think over. Better be over. He's gone That's over their best the weapon last right now. Two weeks. Yeah, I know he has. He's gone over the last two weeks. I'm gonna go under. Cool. He's gonna get one touch this week. Okay, so you're picking Atlanta. Okay, I got it. <laughs> He's gonna. <laughs> Jimmy's gonna overthrow him. That's what happens. They're gonna try oh, to get him. God. <laughs> right. Yep. Tennessee. All right, Debo, ten and a half touches. Ten and a half touches below under. He might get ten and a half targets, but he's not catching all of them. He's he's gonna drop two. Uh under. <laughs> under. I'm gonna go under as well because they're really not running him near as much. So it really is coming down to the pass game. He'll get like two carries and like nine targets or eight targets. No, he's he's gonna get two carries and eight targets. So he's gonna I think that's his new work. It's always like it's always equals 10 when you add up the targets and the carries for him usually in the regular season it equals 10 so okay eight and two all right that's fair jimmy garoppolo has not turned the ball over in two straight weeks grant this would be the first time in his career with the 49ers that he has gone three games without a turnover over <laughs> well pump the brakes a little bit i'm going one and a half total turnovers for the offense. oh for the offense one and a half total turnovers Sounds like you're giving oh. Jimmy one of them. Yeah, I'm going to say under. I don't think they're going to turn it over twice. Nah. No, under. Under. I thought you said over under at .5 for Jimmy. I thought that's, what, <laughs> that's where I thought you were going. But I'm going to say under. Okay, but you do think Jimmy's going to turn it over this week? One time. One time. All right, that's one fair. Time. I don't know if the turnover comes from Jimmy. I think the team turns it over one time. I agree with you. The only difference we have on offense is Juice's touches. Let's see if we can get a tiebreaker going on defense. Okay. Over or under with a whole remade defensive line, three and a half team sacks. Over. Really? No problem. No problem. Wow. Mobile quarterback, too. Okay, I'm going under. I'm going under. They're going to get three sacks, and Marcus Mariota's good enough to maybe get slippery and just get a half yard and not have it be a sack. So I'm going to go three sacks for the 49ers. All right, cool. Here's I'm winning this week. Here's okay. I win. <laughs> 215.5 <laughs> passing yards given up by the 49ers defense over or oh, under. That is interesting. Two fifteen? 
Ugh. I'm going to go under. They're going to sack the hell out of Marcus Mariota. Under. They're going <laughs> to sack the hell out of him. No. All right. I'm going to go under as well. I don't think they're going to sack the hell out of him, but they are going to go under. Here's the interesting one for me, and this one's going to be the hardest one on this list for me personally. Well, hold on. Let me say why I hesitated on this. Okay. Because yeah. of Kyle Pitts. Because of Kyle Pitts. I, and, and Drake, look, those two haven't had a ton of success yet. They're really young. But they're really gifted. Both first-round picks. And I don't know how the Niners match up with either one. They could put Ward on uh, Traverius Ward on on uh, Drake Jack, Drake London. That's the end of it. But if he's not going to follow him and he's just going to stay on one side, then you put him up against Lenore or Womack or whatever. That's interesting. And then all of a sudden, Kyle Pitts like who's guarding him? Who is it? Hafunga? I'd love to see that because I love Kyle Pitts coming out, and I still think he's a really tough matchup. And I- I'm curious to see how the Niners handle these two guys that I don't really see how they match up with. So I'm curious. That's why I said that. Yeah, it's two two big body guys. Yeah. Kyle Pitts was out last week. I believe uh-huh. he returned to practice today, so I uh-huh. believe he's going to play. I, I think that, that is certainly something to look out for. That's that's really good. I mean, you're right. How do you match up with six foot five? I don't I don't know. Hafungus does so many things well, but the one thing he I don't think he does super well is just one on one man to man coverage. When I watched him do that in training camp, I mean, Ross Dwelly would cook him. Now Ross Dwelly does win all the time in that drill to his credit, but. Kyle Pitts is a whole lot more gifted than Ross Dwelly. So, I want to see it. And maybe the Niners can avoid that matchup. And D'Amico's really good. But I just can't wait to see how he handles Pitts. Because there's no one else you really got to worry about besides those two. Yeah, anyway. Jimmy Ward would be nice to have right about now. Hafunga, Hafunga actually matches up better with receivers just because of the height. And he does a good job yeah. of getting underneath routes. But six Pitts is just so is, much faster. Wow. So much faster. Pitts runs yeah. a 4-3. So I I I love to see this, yeah, yeah. This right. this is gonna be interesting. Now that's that's a really good call. I'm gonna go under as okay. well. This is the one I'm having the most trouble with. Ninety point five rushing yards given up. Now the 49ers have done a great job of really not doing. I mean, I think one game they gave that up last season. They after week eight or whatever, they didn't have that happen. But one time, the whole second half of the season. This is a number that the 49ers reach more often than not, but this is not the same defense for me. So I'll take this one first. I think they give up more than 90.5 yards rushing in this one. Atlanta can run the ball. Mariota can run the ball. I think this is a week where they give up more than 90 yards rushing. So I'm going to go over on that one. I'm going to go under just, yep. just so I make sure I beat you by a lot this week. <laughs> I think they're going to – I love the Niners' D-line depth. And I always have kind of felt like the starters aren't that much better than the backups. Like Armstead and Kinlaw, they're first-round picks with a lot of hype and investment. But, I mean, has the defense looked any different without them the last two weeks? Not much, in my opinion. So, I think Amenahu is a stud. Jackson's a stud. They got Spence, Ridgeway, Givens. They got – I don't know. I think they're going to do a good job. Let's see. Okay. All right. And the final one, which they've been doing a great job of this, forcing turnovers – one and a half turnovers for the defense over or under. Mm, one and a half under. I think they'll get one. I think they'll take it from, I think they'll take it away from Mariota once, strip it from him. But he can just keep going at Dante Johnson and Lenore. You know, I mean, if, if you have to deal with Mosley or Ward on a play, like it's bad. But if you can just avoid Ward all game. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to say under. 
I I agree with you. Yeah. It's uh, again, at some point, something's got to give somewhere. If if we think that they can hold them under, you think they can hold them under in the passing and the rushing game, they're going to get a ton of sacks. Something has to give somewhere. It, the turnovers has to be it. I think if you go over on all these things, then it might be a little bit of a delusion on our part. So I just go don't. As well. I, I I don't question the defense anymore. It's been together for so long. Whatever the coordinator is, whoever's on the field, like it's it's they know what they're doing on defense in this organization. Really, the next man up, everything. But um, offense, man, they're still figuring that out. You're six. They got a lot of good ideas on that side, though. <laughs> <laughs> Great ideas. They just got to put them together for four quarters, Grant. Carson Taylor says NFL has so much money, every team should have grass. It's crazy that we have to just talk about it now. But what's also crazy, this is what happened last last time. Um, remember, uh, they played the Jets. Uh, all those people got injured and then they had to play in the same field the next week so like they have to now get over this mental thing of playing they've all blamed the turf for the injuries which is true but now you got to play in it again so you got to get over you have have to compartmentalize that as it were i'm sure they have um tough and it sucks because they're that that play on turf all year round and they don't have as many injuries the 49ers i think what what the niners are trying to say is that you got to get used to it if you're used to playing on grass and how it gives it, I don't know. Who knows? That's what they yes. say. I mean, yeah. your cleats got to be different. There's no doubt about that. No question. Dave Barclay says, I tune in as often as possible around my work schedule, win or lose, diehard Niner fan, but it doesn't mean I always agree, and Grant doesn't always agree. So you guys are extremely crucial for us. Me and him disagreed uh, very strongly about George Kittle today, and I thought our, yeah. our conversation was very good, enlightening. But it wouldn't be as good if we disagreed on everything and just gave the Niners the benefit of the doubt at the end of the day. You know, that, those are the best. <laughs> I love those. Yeah, I Hard to find him though. Miguel says, "Grant the People's Reporter." He's my here's my donation. Keep up the great work, coverage. Thank you, Miguel. Dave Barclay says, "Jesse is always so good at numbers and over under." Jesse's the best. <laughs> I um, am a numbers guy, no doubt about it. Yeah. So this so is what's up? Last... You you've you haven't slept in your own bed in two weeks. Yeah. How yeah. does it feel? How was how was that whole trip getting over to North Carolina? Not so you you went to the East Coast. Yeah, you had to take a train up to. What? This was the okay. Let me look. I'll, this is my little my little travel. Um, I take a red eye from SFO to JFK. Get to JFK at five in the morning. Go to Penn Station. Now, are take you doing a, this alone or with your wife? With my wife. Okay. Going okay. to my to my best friend's um wedding in upstate New York. So we take a train up the Hudson River. Not never done that before in fall. Never really seen fall on the East Coast. Gorgeous. Get up to Albany. Never been there before. Spent a few nights. It was cool. Um, you know, partied way too much because it's a wet weddings. is just okay. Enough drinking. It was so much fun. And then you leave, then you leave and you're exhausted and you're tired. And then we got to go, uh, to Charlotte, stay there for you. I, I went by myself. My wife was like, good luck. I'm going home. But now she's dealing with the jet lag I'm going to be dealing with next week. So anyway, I go to Charlotte by myself. It was cool, but it kind of reminded me of like Oakland from when I was a kid. Like there's a lot of people, but none of them are hanging downtown for whatever reason. I was yeah. walking around downtown. I was like, where's everybody? <laughs> Anyway, it was cool. And then I came up here to West Virginia, drove up four hours. Um, Everyone was really nice. But my first impression was Deliverance or Duck Dynasty. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, my God, I've never been in a place like that. But everyone's hella nice. I'm not trying to, like, judge a book by its cover. But as a California kid, I'm like, whoa, I took a wrong turn. (laughs) So it's cool. But I'm not staying a third night. I feel like I've had enough and saw this practice tomorrow. After that, I'm driving to Knoxville, which is, like, four hours away. I've never been there. 
but it's on the way and there's good there Alabama's in town so there might be like you know some stuff going on so I'll see Knoxville and then I'm going to Atlanta my wife's flying in we'll spend like four nights in Atlanta uh which is a cool town and then I'll finally go home and I'm gonna do a little I'll do a little like travel diary at the end of my impressions at each place but what I like about this is I like the 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 driving like I've done the drive from LA to Oakland about 50 to 75 times in my life and it's yeah. really boring because you've done it before but this like you're just driving around the country in places you've never been it's it's like fascinating the whole, it doesn't feel like it's taking a long time it's like a four-hour drive to to Knoxville tomorrow that sounds like hell of fun I can't yeah. wait yeah. yeah I mean it's it's, yeah. whole, it's all new scenery it's a whole yeah. different part of the country you're seeing a lot of it it's like yeah. where in the world is Carmen San Diego but with Grant Cohen I love it yeah, I'm just trying to keep the, I'm just trying to keep the, the videos rolling in though. You know, I can't get lost in my travels. Got to keep the, uh, the people entertained. It's important because Artists they're the reasons I'm out here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, it, what is it? It's freaking man, East Coast. You do this late at night, man. I do every Whew. night. Every I got to. That's when the kids and wife are in bed. That's when I got the time. So it's always you gotta late respect nights, that man. hustle. You got to respect that hustle for sure. Got to do it. Got to do it. I actually have a show at 1030. So going behind enemy lines, got a Falcons content creator coming on. So 45 minutes, hop over to last second sports. Check that out. Those have been a lot of fun. You already know I got my best of Tennessee rap playlist <laughs> mapped out for this one. There's not a lot of West Virginia. rap. Here's my one question now before we go. It should it be called West Virginia or East Kentucky? Ooh. You tell me. What's a more apt more. name for where I am right now? Are we, am I in West Virginia? Kentucky. This is East Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I don't saying. think it's much West. <laughs> I feel like West Virginia sounds nice, but it's like, no, this is definitely East Kentucky. But it is pretty. It's very pretty. Very pretty. <laughs> it's pretty. It's very nice. Pretty, pretty. Okay. Thanks for watching, everyone. Go watch Jesse later tonight. Peace. Oh, wait. Hold on. You got The show is over. Every Dave says, just hope, just hope I can buy you guys grub occasionally. Well, you just did, man. Thank you very much. That was my dinner right there. I got a $10 quesadilla for dinner. It was hella good out here in Mexico, East Kentucky quesadilla. Rhino G says, turf was forced by NFL because grass don't grow indoors. Figure it out. I, I, I beg to differ. I think a lot of grass grows indoors. What about these? Figure it out. <laughs> I mean, Arizona has a dome and they have grass. Yeah. They roll it outside. And all these, what about these places like Seattle, Charlotte, New York that have outdoor stadiums and, and um, turf is disgusting. I'm disgusted. All right, that's the show. Stop giving me money. Thank you very much, everyone. I'll be back. I got one more day out here in, in uh, West Virginia watching practice, so we'll see what they do tomorrow. Peace.